there's a weight of his presence that's in this room right now. Come on, for us to receive and partake of. And we certainly bless God just for that. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Lord. That's, you know, if, if we could just, just for one minute, I want y'all to think about something. Think about the fact that this is what I'm, this is what I'm, as I'm just worshiping and blessing God, this is what comes to my spirit. That from eternity's past into eternity's present and even into eternity's future, there are four-winged creatures with eyeballs all around them. And they're screaming at the top of their lungs, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. To the point where it's shaking the throne room of God and shaking the door. Because they're so mesmerized by the otherness of God. There's nothing and no one like him. They're looking at an, a, 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 a living, a, 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 a God that's incomparable. There's no parallel. There's nothing that can be placed beside him. And, and all their response can be is holy, holy. And they'll be doing that a million years from now. And a million more years from now. But you know what's mind-blowing about all of that? Is that that holiness that they're responding to, God looks at his apostles and he says, I want you to go to an upper room until there's something poured out and clothed on you called Holy Spirit. So whatever it is that's mesmerizing those angels is on me and you. Do you know that the Bible says that the angels are standing mesmerized waiting to see the manifold wisdom of God manifest through our lives. That there's literally things we're going to do that mesmerizes angels because of the Holy Spirit of God on us. Come on. I need somebody to understand you're about to do something amazing because of the Spirit of God on you. That you're someone amazing because of the Spirit of God on you. Hallelujah. And so we, we certainly thank God I just um, um, thank God to have, I think this is, is this, I want to make sure I get this name right. Is that a T? Tay smiling, y'all? Joy. Is your middle name really smiling? Your last name is smiling. Joy smiling. My God on Zion. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Miss Joy smiling. Look here. Thank you for being with us. We're glad to have you. Definitely glad to have you and glad that you're here. We certainly welcome you. Hallelujah. Sister Tisha, thank you for, for, for inviting her. I want to get into some things um, today that I believe that are very, very important for us. Um, you know, one thing that 
I'm beginning to understand is the imperative nature of us understanding the ways of God. The Bible talks about how Israel knew God's works, but Moses knew God's ways. Amen. And so Israel's constantly waiting for another work while Moses is now following God because he understands his nature, his intention, his desire. It, glory be to God. And one thing that I think that holds us up so much is we want to see God work, but we, don't, we, we, we lack understanding of his ways. Amen. Of his ways. God doesn't just want to work miracles. He doesn't just want to work signs. He wants us to know his ways. So we can now enter into a place where we can say the, where, where he can say the works that I do, you do. And even greater work. I'm not waiting on God to work. I want to know his ways so his works can work through me. Amen. It's one thing to wait on a miracle. It's another thing to be the miracle. God wants us to move to the place where we become the miracle in people's lives. We become the blessing in people's lives. We become life in people's lives. There's no way I can be life and not live. There's no way I can be a blessing and not be blessed. Amen? See, it's one thing to get water from the water holes, but it's better to be the water holes. Because whatever comes through gets on me. Whatever's going through that water hose is always getting on me. Whatever's coming out of me is getting all over me. It's all on the inside. And so what God is moving us out of is he's moving us out of a place where we're simply, um, in a sense, wanting God to, to, to have something fall out of heaven to a place of a kingdom posture. Amen? And in order for us... To, to, to take on a kingdom posture where we can actually start walking in purpose and we can actually start bearing forth his image in a dark world. Amen. In order to do that, we must understand how to receive from God. Everybody say receive. Amen. The one thing about um, um, a football, and, and I know this is probably over the head of half the people in here, is there are certain there's a certain position on a football team called a wide receiver. This individual's um, main job is to make sure whatever is thrown to him, he catches it. He catches it at all costs. And he understands that there's going to be someone assigned to him to stop him from receiving what it is that it's now being released into his life. How many know that there's some things that God has released into our lives, but we must be positioned to receive them. And there's somebody assigned to try to stop us from receiving what God is releasing into our lives. I need you to understand that. You're not just going to be wide open. Amen. Glory be to God. There's somebody that's there that wants to run interference to stop what God is releasing into our lives. Now, we understand that we can only receive from God what is revealed to us. In other words, if we don't know God gave it to us, we can't have it. We get as much of the promise as we have perception of. If we don't perceive it, we can't have it. We can only receive what's been revealed. That's so important that we understand that. So how does the enemy run interference? 
How does he try to stop us from getting what God has for us? By stopping us from now being, uh, being aware of what God has promised into our life. Amen. By, by now, and, and let me get into it. I'll just, I'll deal, it, deal with it. But you know how he does it? He does it by attempting to keep us in carnality. Everybody say car- carnality. I want to deal with that today because all of our promises flow through a realm called the spirit. So if the enemy can keep us carnal, he can keep us from receiving what we have that can only be released in the, from the realm of the spirit. To the degree we're spiritual is to the degree that we can actually receive what God has because they'll be revealed to us. We'll know what God wants to do in our life. And it's more than give us a stimulus check. Amen. It's more than that. It's, it's way more than that. It's more than getting through the last trial. It's way more than that. Amen? Anytime the devil, I'll never, I'm going to keep on saying it until we get it. Anytime the devil wants this, he doesn't steal by taking, he steals by giving. If he wants to steal a million dollars from you, he'll give you a hundred dollars. He'll give you a hundred dollars so you won't even believe and know that you got a million. And you can only receive what's been what? Revealed. We can only receive what's been revealed. Amen. So he'll give us a hundred to keep us from a million. Amen. What happens when we understand God's ultimate intention isn't just to get us through sickness, but that sickness can't draw nigh. What if there's a greater promise? It's not to to make me well when I get sick. What if though a thousand fall by my side and 10,000 by my right hand, it shall not draw nigh unto me. What if there's a greater promise? But how can I receive it unless it's what? Revealed. I got somebody running interference telling me I can only be healed if I get sick. So I never received the fact that sickness can't even draw nigh my what? Dwelling place. And so, so now I, I, I'm just trying to get you in a frame of mind to where I'm going and understand the enemy's weapon is carnality. He can't stop anything without our agreement. He can't stop anything without our assistance. The enemy needs our assistance in order to attack us. He can't attack us. He can't strong arm us. He's a thief, not a robber. There's a difference. A robber just runs up to you and says, "Give." he debos you. I don't know if y'all, that was before. I ain't watched it since I've been, you know, but, but back in the day, Friday. He debos you. He just say, man, give me your bike, punk. You know what I'm saying? And bunk up at you. You better act like you know. Dog, Debo. Right? That's a robber. The devil doesn't do it like that. He steals. What does a thief do? A thief understands that if I'm going to take it, I got to take it when they're not looking. So a thief goes through a window. Glory be to God. A thief waits till you sleep. Come on. Glory. I'm trying to, because there's a reason why God wants to send awakening. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Because when we sleep, we can get stole from. The neighbor tell your neighbor, wake up. And so I want to deal with some stuff to wake us up. So we can receive what God has for us and stop accepting a hundred when we actually have a million. Amen. What is the thief of what we have in the spirit? Carnality. The natural man. The flesh. 
All of them refer to the same thing. Carnality, the natural man, the flesh. They're all used interchangeably. Y'all don't mind if I just teach for a minute, do you? Amen. Interchangeably to help us understand. Because what we got to understand about being carnal, being carnal isn't living in obvious sin. Being carnal is trying to please God without his mind. It's trying to do it with our own mind. I want to, I'm a, to be carnally minded. Spiritually minded. Amen. Carnal people go to church. They don't go to the club. Or carnal people go to the church and the club. <laughs> that, that's true. They, but they do both. Right? I didn't get too many amens on that. Some of y'all still go. Look y'all in the eyes while I'm preaching. Hallelujah. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 19. Uh, Brian, could you pass me my phone right there? First Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 9. Amen. We're going to read verses 9 through 16. I'm going to walk this out a little bit. I'm going to give some, some revelation. I'm going to give some instruction. I'm going to prophesy. Amen. And release some creation. I believe that the prophetic is moving from the place of confirmation into the place of creation. Speaking things into individuals' lives. Impartation that impregnates is what God is moving his power. Impartation that, imp that causes you to carry something out that you didn't have when you came in. Amen? That's what I believe God is doing in this season. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. It says here, but as it is written, very familiar, I has not seen. I'm reading out of the New King James, and so it may be a little bit different, but it's okay. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. Y'all see that? Very popular verse. But, look at this, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Y'all see that? This is one of my favorite verses. Uh, text, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know those things that have been freely given to us by God. Y'all see that? Very, very key verse. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man, the carnal man, the flesh man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Oh, man, I wish I had time to preach that. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's say that last part together, starting with but. Everybody ready? But we have the mind of Christ. 
I want to talk to you today about, and I don't usually have a topic, I just kind of let them choose it after they listen to me teach, but I want to talk about the cost of carnality. Tell your neighbor, there's a cost to carnality. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them there's a cost to carnality. Father, we thank you and bless you right now in the name of Jesus for the power of God that's present in this room, ready to charge the declared word that it may move forward into the ear gate, into the heart gate, and produce fruit and life in our lives. We thank you that we'll leave here with the blessing of the Lord upon who we are, even right now with your hand heavy on our life, draped in your spirit. God, we love you and we lift you for that right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to reiterate. I'm going to start part at verse number nine. And if y'all don't mind, I'll try to teach for a minute because there's some things, some foundational things I need to lay. I need to build upon. I need us to have an understanding of. Some of it may be reviewed to some of you all, but I believe it'll help to be reiterated. Uh, as, as I kind of lay, lay groundwork for what I want to share, um, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. Very, and I'm, I'm going to kind of, in a sense, um, narrate a few verses in understanding to begin with. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that that God had prepared for them that love him. That is not a verse to look forward. Where, where we kind of quote it from the standpoint where we're saying, look, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things that God. We quote it as if in an anticipation that we're going to get what eyes have not seen, receive what ears have not. That's not what that verse is saying. What that verse is saying is if your eyes ain't seen it and your ears ain't heard it and it ain't entered into your heart, you can't have it. That verse isn't saying you're going to get stuff that eyes are not seen. If your eyes ain't seen it, you ain't getting it. That's what we got to do first. We have to, God Almighty, I could hear a pin drop. Uh, the first thing that we have to do is we have to understand that's not what that verse is saying. Amen? What that scripture is actually saying, watch this, is God's purpose and plans for us can't be figured out nor found out by our natural faculties. The Bible calls it the natural man. What God has given us and what God wants to do through us cannot be perceived by our eyeball, will not be heard by our natural ear, nor can be sensed by our heart as we know it. That's what that verse is saying. What that verse is literally saying is God's purpose, God's plan, and his promises that he's already given us. Somebody say he already gave it to me cannot be found out by who we are as men and women within ourselves. Please hear me and hear me well. Inside of who we are as ourselves, we have no means of awareness Amen. Uh, uh, to the things that Yahweh now desires to do to us and through us. 
There's no means to know it. We can't see it. We can't hear it. It won't enter our heart. We can't find what we want out here and think that's what God has planned for us up there. He says, eyes have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man. But there's a solution. If you go to the next verse, 1 Corinthians 2 and 10, I'm just narrating a little bit. He says, but there is a solution, but God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. But God has revealed what cannot be revealed to our natural faculties by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yes, even the deep things of God. If you go to verse number 12, watch this. If you go to verse number 12, it goes on to say, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, why? Why have we received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God? That we might know those things that are what? Freely. Everybody say it's free. You ain't got to pay for it. You ain't got to fight for it. You ain't got to war for it. It's free. That we might know those things that are freely given to us by God. Listen to me and listen to me well. I'm, I'm teaching on kingdom. In the kingdom of what God has given us in Christ, we can only receive on a personal level what's been revealed to us on a personal level. Listen, I'm going to say that again. In the kingdom, in the, in, in, in the economy of heaven, we can only receive on a personal level what's re been revealed to us on a personal level. Uh, of what God has given us, we can only claim what we are conscious of. If we're conscious of the fact that he gave it to us we can claim it. If we're not conscious of the fact he gave it to us, it will remain unclaimed. It will, it will be there and it will be ours but it will remain unclaimed. It will be a claim that somebody never made. Do you know how many millions of dollars go unclaimed every year in life insurance policies of people who took out life insurance and their family never knew they took out that life insurance? Literally millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that people have a right to that they never touched because they don't claim them. Why don't they, don't, why don't they claim them? They're not conscious. They have no idea that they took out a 50000 There's people with $150,000 waiting for them that they'll never make a claim on $80,000 waiting on them. Why? Because they're not conscious. You can only claim what you're conscious of. That's how it works in the spirit of God. You can only claim what you're conscious of, but the problem is what? I have not seen. Oh, ear have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. So we can only claim what we're conscious of, and we can't be conscious of what God has given us within our natural faculties. There's no way with these, these, and this, as it is right now, that I can now be conscious of what God has given me for free. But God, everybody say, but God. Glory be to God. But God has revealed them unto us by 
by his spirit. So what God has given us can only be revealed to us and therefore received by us by his spirit. It can only be revealed to us and as a secondary consequence received by us by his spirit. Can I say something to you that a lot of people don't understand? It is not just about reading the Bible. And reading the Bible is important, but it's not just about reading the Bible, but it's about reading the Bible by the Spirit. Listen to me and listen to me well. Because there's a difference between just reading the Bible and actually having the Bible revealed to you. Uh, Can I say that again? There's a difference between reading the Bible and actually having the Bible revealed to you. We can read the Word without having that Word revealed to us. Now, how do I know whether I'm reading the word and the word is not being revealed to me? Because watch this, what's revealed is directly connected to what's received. Whatever is revealed to me, I can receive. If I'm reading the word and I'm not receiving what I'm reading, if I'm reading the word and I'm not living in what I'm reading, what I'm reading has not been revealed to me yet. Can y'all follow me? If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm reading who the sun makes free, is free indeed, but I'm still bound, then I read it, but it wasn't revealed because if it was revealed, I would be living in who the sun makes free is free indeed. But since I'm still bound, I read something that was not revealed to me. All things have passed away. All things can become what? All things that become new, either you read it or it's revealed. If I'm still crediting old things for present problems, then I read it. Now, once, glory be to God, that verse is revealed to me and I live in the present, no longer influenced by the past, I had the verse revealed. Before I live in it, I just read it. Many people never have the word revealed because they think they know it when they read it. But you don't know it until you live it. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, that's, that's life. He didn't come that we might have learning. He came that we might have life. Every verse I read, I'm reading how my life is supposed to be. So, I can literally... Watch this, Amari. I can literally read the scripture with my eyes, understand it with my heart, and listen to it with my ears, and, and ha- not have one thing revealed to me because I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man. Therefore, I'll end my reading, watch this, with nothing more than a mental massage and a fairy tale faith. I know I got the victory, but it's just a fairy tale to me. I know I got peace, but it's just a fairy tale to me. Why? Because it wasn't revealed. I just read it. Amen? If I'm reading what's not revealed and not living in what I learned, guess what I read it in? In my flesh. It's only revealed one way. Can we go back to the scripture? It's only real. 
It's only revealed one way. Come on. This ain't about condemnation. This is about coming out of carnality. Nobody's going to be condemned today because you were created for everything God ever said. This ain't no way. We ain't, we ain't judging nobody. We ain't sending nobody down. I'm just setting you up for the glory. This ain't, this ain't got nothing to do with beating nobody up. We ain't doing that. But we do have to come out of carnality. Amen. So watch this. So it goes on. Let me say this. The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Paul says the natural man, the carnal man, will not receive the things of the spirit. In other words, will reject the things of the spirit. Not only will he reject them, it goes on and takes it a step further. It says he cannot receive them. He cannot know them. The things of the spirit, the natural man cannot know. So can I tell you what the cost of carnality is? It is a lack of consciousness. If you write notes, write that down. The cost of carnality is a lack of consciousness because we can only claim what we're conscious of and we can only receive what's been revealed. The cost of carnality is a lack of consciousness of what God has given me. So, so can I take carnality a step further? Carnality, watch this, is an inward condition that makes it impossible for us to have revealed to us what God has for us. It is an inward condition that makes it impossible for us to have revealed to us what God has for us. It's the churchgoer that reads it, but it's never revealed to them. It's carnality. There's nothing more frustrating than, than committing to reading the word but not living in half of what you read. Amen? It chips away at the validity of God's word. It chips away at your confidence in God's word. We, we say God can deliver. Come on. We say God is good and God, he's good all the time. We'll still say all those things but underneath the surface. It's a little shaky to us. Come on, I wish I could get a witness up in here. So religion teaches us how to put makeup on top of what it is that we're not experiencing. And at least try to look good even though it ain't good. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 says, Now we have received, let me lay this groundwork, the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely. Everybody say freely given to us of God. The cost of carnality is a lack of consciousness to what God gives us for free. The cost of carnality is a lack of consciousness to what God has given us for free. The carnal mind has no access to what God has given them for free. They don't even know that it's free. So as a result, watch this, the carnal mind attempts to fight for what's free. The carnal mind attempts to find what's free. The carnal mind will always attempt to either fight for or try to find what's free. The carnal mind will fight for peace. 
There are, there are literally people in the church fighting for peace. The problem is peace is free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to struggle for it. The carnal mind actually tries to find happiness. There are people in the church running around trying to find happiness. Happiness is free. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to war for it. You don't have to get to a place for it. Why are y'all so quiet? Because the religion has told us we got to fight for free stuff. Carter Mine says you got to you got to find your significance. You got to find your purpose. You got to find your identity. All that is free. You don't have to find your purpose. You don't have to find your identity. And you don't have to find significance. That's free because I'm born of God. You telling me my son had to find his eyeballs? He got brown eyeballs like his daddy. It came for free. He got a head shaped like his father. That came for free. He got hands like his daddy. That came for free. I, he is my father. Righteousness is free. Purpose is free significance is free peace is free I got my daddy's peace I got my daddy's joy I got my daddy's righteousness I do not have to fight for it and I don't have to find it I need somebody to praise God up in here that just figured out it's free my God you can smile now for free you can laugh now for free you can sleep good for free you can trust God for you don't have to fight for it look at me tell your neighbor it's all free literally I love getting up in the morning and smiling for free. Hey, baby! Didn't have to fight to smile. Didn't have to put on my best face to smile. Didn't have to fight through struggle to smile. It's free! Why are you always happy? Because it's free. I don't have to pay for it. Hello, somebody. Why will you praise him like you? It's free. Y'all think we're going to sing and I ain't going to sing? I don't care if you can dance better than me. It's free. I'll two-step. I'll do-si-do. I'll I'll back and forth. I'll do the wave. I don't care what I do. Whatever it is, it's free. Hey. Hey. That's free. I ain't pay for that. Hallelujah. We can, literally, we can spend our entire life piously trying to please God. Piously. Religious, I just want to please God. Trying to make it in. Come on, I just want to make it in. And wind up not pleasing God. 
wind up not making it in. I just want to live right and wind up not living right. You know why we wind up not making it in? You know why we wind up not pleasing God? You know why we wind up not living righteous? Because all that's free. That's a free gift from God. God, that is something God has gave us. And the carnal mind wants to try to fight for something that's free and therefore never earn what you can't earn. It's free. Please, God is pleased right now. Why you, God, you made it in right now if you read the scripture. I just want to know on that day. Why you got to wait to that day when First John was written that you might know you have eternal life. There is a letter that tells us whether you know you got eternal life or not. You don't have to wait until that day. You can know ahead of time if you're going to make it in. That's why the book of First John was written. Y'all know that, right? You need to read First John. And based on your revelation of that book will tell you whether or not you got eternal life. You know what eternal life is? Eternal life is not eternal existence. That's where a lot of people get it wrong. Eternal life is not eternal existence. It is God's realm of life. It's peace that never stops being peaceful. It's joy that never stops being joyful. It's righteousness that don't slip up every now and again. It is the life, come on, of God. In us, in earth, we have this treasure. Yep. In earth and vessel. You don't got to wait until you get there. You fools will know right now if it keeps going. Come on, it's like the energizer bunny. It keeps going. The joy keeps going. The strength keeps going. The praise keeps going. Don't get quiet now. It's life that keeps going now. You know why we don't get excited? Because nobody told us that. It hasn't been revealed to us. And because it hasn't been revealed to us, guess what? We cannot receive it. But that doesn't mean God didn't give it. So I just need somebody that's made up in your mind. Okay, God, if that's what you really got for me, I'm going to make a turn in my life right here. If you want this joy I got to keep going, so be it. If you want this victory to keep going, so I'm about to make a shift. Because I got eternal life. Come on, somebody shout, I got eternal life. Watch this. If we spend our entire life trying to be free, we never did what free people do. I hope y'all, I'm going to say, if we spend our entire life trying to be free, we never do, do what, be what free people be and do what people, free people do. Our purpose is what free people do, not getting free. Whatever free people do after they're free, that's what we are. My purpose ain't to spend 80 years getting free. Whatever people are supposed to do that are free. Whatever people are supposed to do that ain't heavy. Whatever people are, are supposed to do that darkness has no power. Whatever people are supposed to do that wake up and understand I'll bless the Lord at all times. Whatever life looks like like that, that's me and you. My life isn't supposed to live, but be lived getting free. Because the who the sun makes free. Whew. Who the sun makes free. 
I wish that would be revealed to you. It doesn't say who the son sets free. It says who the son makes free. That's the difference. If, if he just sets me free and takes me out of handcuffs, then I can go back in those handcuffs. But if he makes me free, he doesn't free me. He makes the key. He makes me the key. In other words, y'all hear what I'm saying? It's one thing if he puts a key in and unlocks me. It's another thing when he makes me. I'm my own key. My blessing frees me. My lifting of my hands free. I'm made free. My God, my shout is free. Let me tell you, he has made me free. I'm engineered free. My engineering is liberty. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Romans, I'm going to show this to you really, really quick. And I'm going to, because I want to back up what I said because I want to show you in scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse number 6. Because so many times what happens is we're carnal and we wind up fighting battles we were never supposed to fight. Because we rejected what was free and said, God, we're going to fight for it. We reject it for free and then say, I'm going to fight for it. How are you going to go fight for peace and you can get it for free? Amen? So watch this. He says, for to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be what? Is what is life? Is life and peace situational or is it dimensional? Is, it, is, is me living and being in peace have to do with where I'm working or has to do with the spiritual dimension I'm in? Is it situational or dimensional? When does peace ever end if it's not based off a geographical location but a spiritual dimension? Life and peace has nothing to do with what I'm doing and not doing. It has to do with being spiritually in other words, that's always in my mind. And I can take my mind wherever I go. So I can mess around and be like the psalmist and say, though I make my bed in hell, life and peace. In the valley, life and peace. Oh, come on, glory be to God. When all weapons look like they're working, what? Life and peace. Because that ha- life and peace has nothing to do with ideal situation. Has nothing to do with everything working. It is a spiritual dimension. To be spiritually minded is what? So when am I going to live? All the time, as long as I'm in the spirit. And when am I going to have peace? In time I'm in the spirit. See, a lot of times when we lose our peace, we think the getting peace back is resolving the situation when it's getting back in the proper location. Some things, some things are going to be resolved in the next two weeks. And you can't spend the next two weeks stressing like that. You can't spend the next three years. Some things aren't going to be resolved completely for another three years from now. What you going to do? Hello? The gospel is, even if they don't change tomorrow, I can have life and peace like they did. The gospel is, even if it don't turn around next week, I can have life and the same life and peace I had if everything turned around and worked in my favor. Uh, uh, brother and sister, come on, I just want you to know that's the, actually the real gospel. For, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Verse number seven, because the carnal mind is what? Enmity hostile, and hatred to God, right? And I'll break that down in a minute. Carnal mind is enmity, hostile, and hatred against God. 
for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, what? They that are in the flesh want to please God, try to please God, but cannot what? Please God. It is a realm of life where you just, you try. I try my best and I just keep on messing up. I try my best, but I keep on going there. I try my best. I take two steps forward and then I end up five steps backward again. That is not because of the enemy. It is not because of the strength of the attack. It is not because of the power of darkness. That is because of carnality. Please hear me. Because the carnal mind does spiritual things carnally. Let me put it this way. The carnal mind does religious things carnally. The carnal mind does church things religiously. So the cost of being carnal is being cut off from the consciousness of what God has given us for free. And there's no way we can please God. Reject at the same time after we've rejected what he gave us for free. There's no way. There's only one thing that we can do to move out of carnality into spirituality. We have to change the way we think. We have to shift our mind. Literally, we have to have our mindset renovated. Come on, full remodel. I'm talking about gut out the whole thing, and I'm going to tell you why in just one minute. Because our problem is we try to take the word and add it to our thoughts. We do, glory be to God. How apply it to my life? I'm trying to find the word so I can apply it to my life. We don't get the word to apply it to our life. We get the word because it itself is life. Uh, glory be to God. I, I don't, uh, I don't tell you my view of the word. I actually get my view from the word. Glory be to God. I'm not trying to tell you my view from the word. The word tells me how to view it. I'm not telling you how I see it. The word actually deals with how I see until I start seeing like that. That word I'm not gonna tell you how I see it because then I'm gonna end up you're gonna end up like me if I'm struggling and I'll tell you how I see it if I see it like you I'm gonna be where you are hello so maybe we don't need the word tell people this is how I see the word no the word is supposed to give us the way we see period this is what I think about it no I don't care what I think about it the word gives us the way we think Hello? That's being spiritually minded. It's being spiritually minded. Amen? So, so watch this. We can't please God without Christ being our head. I guess I'm still doing foundation. We can't please God, watch this, without Christ being our head. Without having the mind of Christ. Everybody say the mind of Christ. All right, let me teach a little bit more. Maybe I'll speed up after this. Give me one more time. 1 Corinthians 2 and 11 in the NIV. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 2 and 11 in the NIV says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except what? Come on, we're talking about mind. We're talking about mind because carnally mind is spiritually minded. Now, if you go to verse 16, watch this. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, everybody say mind, that he may instruct him, but we have what? 
We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our mind has to be fully renovated. Come on, rip out everything. Come on, tear out everything that was there and remodel it. Because he doesn't tear up our temple, he just guts it out. He, he, he comes in and takes out everything and he does a full renovation on our way of thinking. We must allow the way that we think to be completely gutted. No, no, don't add it to how you think if how you think has you somewhere you don't want to be you need that gutted don't add it to how you think if how you think still has you struggling in areas you have promises where you don't need to struggle no more that needs to be gutted everybody say full remodel in the kingdom we can only receive what's been revealed to us but to the degree we're carnal we read the word or hear the word of things that are freely given to us, but they're not revealed to us. Therefore, we don't receive them. Amen. So there's things that I'm reading that are not revealed to me. So, so I'm not receiving them. And I've read them over and over. But in my life, they're not real. They have not moved into experience. Amen. In my life. Right. Because they haven't been revealed to me. To be spiritually minded is to under. No, no let me go this. Let me say this. Do y'all know that many couples are going to get a divorce because they can't become one, even though becoming one is free? You got to fight for your It's actually free if the two people in it are willing to change their mind. It ain't about fixing the problem. It's about changing your mind. That the, the, the reason why the problem is even there. Hello, somebody. There, there, there are literally people that spend their in, entire life trying to find happiness. Amen. When happiness is free. But there's only one catch. I have to change my mind. Do you understand that some people are going to spend their entire life trying to be saved that will, will not be saved? And salvation is free. Being free from bondage is free. But let me put it this way. You have to repent. That means change. That's the biblical mean metanoia. That's all I'm saying. You have to repent and then believe the gospel. You can't believe before you repent. You cannot believe while your mind is in that state. You got to change your mind to believe what it says. There has to be a changing of the mind. Amen. The question is this. This is where it got good to me. I don't know. This was good to me in my office. Brian walked in while I was on this part. And I said, man, this thing is blessing me. I'm ready to jump up on this desk. He started laughing. He said, I can't wait for you to preach it. I said, man, I, I, I'm preaching this thing right now. The answer. The question is, watch this. How do I change the way I think when it's just how I think? How can I change the way I think when how I think is the thing that got me thinking like this? You ever ask that? I guess that's a nerdy question. How do I change the way that I think when it's just the way that I think? You know how? By first of all, understanding this. Now watch this. The way you think 
isn't really the way you think because you think like Christ. I made you say it for a reason. We have the mind of, now is that just read or was it revealed? We have the mind of Christ. See, this is what I need you to know. If me and you are going to be liberated from carnality, we must understand that carnality is when someone else's mind is operating in our thoughts. We're thinking it, but it ain't our thoughts. I'm going to say that again. Carnality, I'm going to prove it to you, is when someone else's mind is operating in our thoughts. To be freed from carnality, we must come to the conclusion that the way we think isn't really the way we think. If how we think doesn't reflect the way Christ thinks. Whatever thoughts I have that doesn't reflect the way Christ thinks is somebody else's thoughts operating in my mind. Mm. And the seed of the woman shall crush the head. We're talking about people thinking that's a physical head. That's the way he thinks. That's why Jesus has to come as the head, y'all ain't hearing me, of the church. Because when we obeyed Satan, Satan got his thoughts in our mind and we were under a different headship. Carnality is Satan's head housed in our mind. So we're actually thinking about how ourselves, how the enemy wants us to think about ourselves, and it's in our mind, but it ain't really our thought. We, we actually think we ain't no good. We actually think we always want to quit. We actually think it's too hard to live right, and we think it's our thoughts because it was in our mind, but that's actually me in carnality. It's me having the snake's thoughts operating in my mind so even though I thought it in my mind it's really not the way I think and the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the what happens when my enemy tells me how to think about God I'm letting my enemy think, tell me how to think about how to follow God. So sometimes you quit on God. That ain't how Jesus thinks. My God, he hung there until he could say it is finished. Sometimes God knows you ain't going to listen. You're just going to get in your flesh. He knows you're going to turn and do what you want to do. All of those are not really your thoughts, even though you thought them. That's another head in your head. It is your adversary keeping you in a place of carnality so me and you cannot receive those things which are freely given to us by God. I'm just a difficult person to get along with. Lie. I got to have things my way. Lie. You don't think like that. 
Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are, are lovely, it is better to give than it is receive. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus so loved the church that he gave his life for her. The mind of Christ is the mind to give. No, no, you ain't got to have it your way. You are like the mind of Christ. Nevertheless, not my will. That's how I think. Thine will be done. Stop lying on yourself. It's hard to stop sinning. Temptation is so strong. Changing ain't easy. Everybody's going to have a little sin in their lives. My mind just has a hard time receiving stuff. Now you tell me how many of those thoughts came from your Christ's mind. Whose mind do we have? We have the what? So now carnality is when I have someone else's thoughts being thought out in my mind and therefore I'm claiming as ownership a way of thinking and I don't even really think that way. As a matter of fact, I've spent my whole life not thinking for myself. I've allowed the devil to tell me I'm a quitter. I've allowed the devil to tell me I can't get it together. I've allowed the devil to tell me every time I try to stand, I fall. All of that never was how you think. When you've done all you can do to stand, let me tell you how you think. You'll stand even all the more. You are more. Let me tell you how you think. You are more than a conqueror. Let me tell you how you think. And the blood of Jesus has washed. Let me tell you how you really think. Stop letting the devil think for you. He's not our head. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's not my head. So therefore, I will not stay sick. Therefore, I will not stay bound. Therefore, I will not stay stuck. Therefore, I will not keep fighting with quitting. Therefore, I will not continue to go back and forth. I'm going to live. I'm... And the seed of the woman. So now you got to start catching it. Every time a thought comes, every time a thought comes about you or about God that you know ain't the mind of Christ, cast down imagination. I wish I could preach up in here. Pull down imaginations and high things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought under obedience. Me living is being obedient. Me not quitting is being obedient. In other words, let me tell you like this, because a lot of people think when those thoughts come, you got to fight. No, 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 no. You think like Christ. And I saw Satan fall as lightning out of the sky. Wouldn't I tell you, I tell you something? When you pull those thoughts down quick second, God, just like a flash of lightning, my God, one word is going to pull it down. One praise is going to pull it down. One prayer is going to pull it down. One shout is going to pull it down. One dance is going to pull it down. Hallelujah! You're not going to fight for your mind because that ain't your mind no way. I don't know about you, but I'll lose it up in here if that was me. Uh, see, I shouted in my desk. I, I ran around my office. <laughs> Y'all mess around and start praising up in here. I start flipping over tables. I was about to go dive on the ground with Justin and just uh, do the snow up in here. Glory be to God. Uh, because I realized uh, that boy got the mind of... <laughs> And it's uncontainable. 
It's unrestrainable. It's not always mannerable. It ain't worried about reputation. Listen to me. It's understanding this. If we're going to get past carnality, it's understanding that there's someone else's mind operating in our thought life. Did y'all hear me? That must be crushed. You don't claim it. You don't agree with it. And you don't conversate with it. Just crush it. You know you fighting with quitting. Don't even talk back to it. Put your foot down on it. You know you stress right now. Don't even talk to it. Put your foot. I can't be stressed. And the God of peace. I need somebody to get their mind right. And the God of peace. I need somebody to understand who your mind really is. I need you to understand your head is high. Your head is in heaven. And there's nothing in earth that can take you out. I need about 15 people that don't mind shouting for the glory of God. Come on, lift up your voice in this place. Come on, lift up your voice in this place. Come on, lift up your voice. tried to tell me anxiety was coming attacking me and was looking for my agreement I was at the gas station and I was pumping the gas and I'm saying to myself man I, ooh, I ain't felt that in a it's been a long good time what is that and then I heard the whisper you're in warfare and then I started to say okay now it's time to wage war but then I something clicked in me and, and I heard the spirit of the Lord say no I already won it no, I already wanted the devil trying to bring you into a battle that he already lost to get you to fight a fight you don't need to fight. And the moment, instead of trying to go into warfare, I went into worship. The, uh, the spirit lifted immediately. There was no delay, just freedom. There was no stress, just liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is. We don't fight them, we stump them. The reason why we're fighting the devil is because some of us still believe we got to fight the devil. Me and you don't have to fight the devil. We don't never fight the devil. We submit to God and the devil leaves. Me and the devil never make direct contact. He never puts his hands on me. My responsibility is to stay in peace. And God does the crushing. And the God of peace, yep, shall crush Satan under our feet. Everybody say shortly. This ain't going to be long. This ain't going to be extended. This ain't going to be a 12-rounder. It's going to be short. And he's going to crush Satan under my foot. That means I don't even have to have good aim. I don't aim to crush him. Wherever I'm stepping, he puts him under my foot. So I can be stepping this way and I'm crushing him. I ain't even looking. I'm stepping this way and I'm crying even looking. We don't even have to aim at the enemy to defeat the enemy. But the carnal mind says you got to spend all day fighting the devil. 
and never get into the promises of God. Never. Never live the life God called us to. Never. You spend all your time fighting a fight that's already over. Because that's what the carnal mind does. So by the time it's time to serve, you're tired. On Saturday, I'm just trying to get a day to breathe. My job wear me out. My kids wear me out. My marriage wear me out. I'm fighting every direction. So there's no grace to serve God. Hello? That's not because that's the life God called us to. That's carnal mindedness. That's taking ownership of thoughts in your mind that are not really your thoughts. Hello? Glory be to God. Watch this. If we never come to the conclusion that with our thinking is not our thoughts, when they are in opposition to the mind of Christ, we'll never be freed from carnal mindedness. Therefore, never have revealed to us what we got for free. And we spend our whole life fighting for something we never get and could have had it for free years ago. And the carnal mind is enmity to God. Don't you sit up there and tell me it's easy. All the hell I've been through. The carnal mind is hostile to God. Don't, don't try to get me to receive that mess. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know all the, and I'm telling you, you ain't had to go through none of it. And that makes religious people mad. You ain't had to go through all that. You ain't had to go through the many sleepless nights. You ain't had to go through none of that. And I ain't telling us that we never face anything, but in the spirit. Is life and what? There was life available for you that whole time, and there was peace available for you that whole time in the spirit. So I know you went through it, but you didn't have to. And the carnal mind wants justification of what has been through that keeps it unqualified to serve God. You want justification to remain weak. Fighting for strength. Trying to make it over the rough side of the mountain. Amen. If I done spent 10 years fighting and I ain't have to, you ain't going to tell me. No, what I'm telling you is you didn't have to. And what I'm telling you is although you wasted it, you didn't waste it because God is so good. So what he does is he'll take it and make it turn around for your good, even though he never had it for you to have to go through. God is so good that oh, Rabbi Shah, he'll take our waste and still make a masterpiece. He'll take our waste and still make it something that caused us to get right where God wanted us to get. But the carnal mind don't want to admit that it was being carnal. And therefore, that never works like it's supposed to work. Hello? Watch this. Romans, have you ever thought the devil has thoughts on what you're going through? Have you ever thought when you're in something, man, this thing is killing me. I can't take too much more of this. I'm going to break any minute. Anybody ever thought that? Besides me, you don't have to wave your, wave your hand. Raise your hand. I'll just say me. Didn't it feel like it was you? And what did it do? What did it do? When I thought like that and I agreed with it, what did it do? 
it made it where I couldn't take it. It made it, it, made it where I had to quit because that was the enemy's thoughts about the situation. We got to recognize when there's other thoughts flowing through our mind that are not ours. Hello, somebody. Every day is good. Every day is good. Life is good. Marriage is wonderful. My children are blessed. My body is his temple. Ain't that good? Do you understand when you start thinking that, you'll get healthier by the way you think? Your joints will start loosening up just because of the way you think about your temple. Mind is a better medicine than medicine. Hello? All right. Let me, let me, let me go this. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do this. And we're going to get up out of here. It's so much. And I just, I got to pick and choose because I want to keep you. First Corinthians 2 and 14. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First Corinthians 2 and 14. It says, but the natural man, everybody say natural man, receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Natural is the Greek word suhikas. But the suhikas man or the suhikas woman is where we get the word suke, soul, seed of emotions. See the feelings, what I feel, think, and want. But the suhikos, man or woman, the natural or sensual man or woman receives not the things of, of God. It is what Hebrews look at as, the, the, the Jewish believers look at as what they call the lower life. Everybody say lower life. It is the lower life of man. It is the part of man's life that they have in common with animals. The suhikas life is the part of our, me and your life that we have common with animals. Y'all know man and animals were made on the same day. Y'all ever looked at that? Go back and read it. Right? He made animals, then he, made, he created man on the same day and said, let them have dominion over the beasts of the field. Right, 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 right. That's why the mark of the beast is six. Right? Amen? Because on the sixth day, God created what? Man and animal. Right? So it is the suhikas life. Right? The suhikas life is the lower life. It is the part of our life that we have in common with animals. It is the part of our life based on what we felt what we've seen, and what we've experienced. It is the lower level life. What is an animal's highest priority? When you see Bambi on the side of the road and Bambi sees you, what are they thinking? Survive. Right? 
When you see the bird and it flies away, survive. An animal lives for one thing, to survive. It runs, it sleeps, it lives for food, water, and safety. As long as it survives. God says there's a part of us. The, the, the soulless life, the suhikas life, the lower life of man is, there's a part of us that just wants to make it. Hello? That just want to make it through the week, just want to make it through the day, just want to make, I just want to, it's to the point where we literally celebrate being a survivor where nowhere in the Bible God celebrates surviving. All of God's rewards are for overcomers, not survivors. Survivors get nothing but a mark. You know why people get the mark of the beast? Because it's the lower part of us, and the lower part of us wants to survive. So instead of die, I take the mark. It is what we have in common with animals. That's why we take it called the mark of the beast. Why do I go to work? I need to put food on the table. Why, 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 why do I uh, deal with, why do I avoid certain people? Because they hurt me so much it almost killed me the last time. I'm trying to survive. And, and it says that, that that part of man cannot receive the things of the spirit. Because there is a purpose for life above putting food on the table. There's a purpose for life beyond paying bills. There's a purpose for life beyond, amen, making sure I don't, protecting myself from all the, 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 the things that could hurt me. You, why do people, you know why people take the mark of the beast? Because they want to survive. Either you take it or you're going to die. But it's people who have lived out of the lower life, the suhikas life. Hallelujah. That can't receive the things. Man, later for what you're talking about, I ain't about to die. You're talking about living for God. You're talking about dying to self. Man, I'm just trying to make sure I, ain't, I, I stay. I don't know what you're talking about. Talk about Jesus all you want to. I'm trying to make it. It's the suhikas. And what the Lord is doing, do you understand? Let me say this part. And I'm, do you understand if those are Satan's thoughts thinking in our mind, what is Satan? A beast of the field. I'm going to say that again. If those are somebody else's thought called the serpent thinking in our mind, that means with we, into a degree, are thinking like a beast. Hello. Have you ever done things, look back at things you've done and said, man, that was animal-like? Or maybe I'm the only one. Have you ever looked back at what you did and said, what in the I mean, literally to the point where you look at it and say, that couldn't have been me. Anybody ever did that before? Come on. You know why? That was his thoughts. It was a beast's thoughts in a man or woman's mind. And it'll make you act animalistic. 
turn on the news and how could you just kill people, throw them in the car, drive them, and dump them like trash? That's How could you see Asians because you are now blaming the coronavirus on them 85 years old and run up to them full speed and hit them like you're a full back. And they're so frail that that hit kills them. You send them flying 25 feet, watch them die and walk away feeling good about you. That's animal. It's an animal. How could you think? And some of them are doing it in the name of God. Hello? In the name of God. They stormed the Capitol in the name of God. Carnal minded. Listen to me, listen to me well. They're the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. You are not what you think if how you're thinking is not how Christ thinks. We have the mind of Christ. There's things that God has released in me and your life that we can't receive until we come out of carnal mindedness. Glory to God. Everybody stand. The call today, what I want to, who I want to pray for today, who recognizes, man, I've been thinking stuff in my mind, but they really haven't been my thoughts. I've been taking ownership of stuff that don't belong unto me in the realm of thought about who I am, about how I'm to follow God and how I'm to live life. And not only has it kept me in measures of bondage that God died to free me from, but it's kept me from things. It's kept me, there's, this, there's stuff I didn't step out in because of the way I saw myself. There's things that God told me to do and say, I can't do it right now. Because of the way that I thought about me, that I recognize what in God's laws. Today, I'm mortifying that mindset. I'm, I'm 